everyone. We'll be on lesson, lesson number three um, this evening. Lesson number three in our um, our study on living beyond your capacity and understanding the spirit filled life. This is a a lesson that is. Um, I think you could probably look at it in several ways, but definitely in two ways in the sense of a very comforting and um, strengthening, as is the title, lesson, and then also a convicting one in the sense of how we don't utilize it as we should, if you could word it that way. And you'll see what I mean as we um, come through here. But lesson number three. Um, his strengthening ministry. Let's go ahead and pray, and then uh, we'll jump in here. Um, Lord, as we um, come to our service this evening, and thank you for the opportunity that we have to be in your house. Pray that you just help us this evening. Uh, please help me in leading the lesson here, and just the truths about um, um, the Holy Spirit, and then just his strengthening ministry in our lives um, for those that those that know you. And again, that it can comfort and encourage and strengthen us, then also convict us um, as well in that. Just please help others, just everyone else is able to pay attention. We can be able to, um, to see what you have in your word for us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. And then our text verses um, for tonight, again, are really familiar. Um, you've uh, definitely heard them before, I'm sure, maybe even memorized them, um, but I'll go ahead and just read them. Read them here to start. It's uh, Isaiah 40 um, and verses 29 to 31. Isaiah 40, uh, 29 to 31, it says, actually even just back up to verse 28. It says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. When we reach the end of our resources, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, the Holy Spirit has the power to revive and restore us. He promises to do that in our lives, and He instructs us to wait patiently for His renewal. The Holy Spirit desires to revive us when we are weak. And as we listen to His leading, rest in His care, rely on His comfort, trust in His intercession, He will give us patience, hope, and renewed strength. So some goals, um, again, there's actually... Six points again, so it's a longer lesson here. Um, but some goals. Um, number one, that we would rest in the knowledge that the Holy Spirit is available to strengthen during those inevitable seasons in life when we are weary and weak. And number two, that we would be assured of God's unconditional love and the comfort that's available through His Spirit. Number three, that we would realize that the Spirit intercedes on our behalf with the knowledge of exactly what we need. And then number four, that we would claim the patience and hope that's needed 
to weather the storm, knowing that his strength will be renewed, that our strength will be renewed on a daily basis by his spirit. So jumping in here. It's one thing to run out of gas on a trip. It's another thing to run out of gas in life. Life has a way of repeatedly bringing us to total spiritual, emotional, and physical depletion. And we get exhausted, fatigued, weary. Few things can bring us to the place of bad decisions like spiritual weariness. When we get weary in life, everything can be viewed negatively. There's a quote here. I've heard it attributed to several different people. It's attributed to Vince Lombardi here, but fatigue makes cowards of us all. Weariness has a profoundly negative effect on your life and your family. Sometimes a trial or a burden causes weariness. Other times it may be a hectic schedule or the endless expectations of others. Other times it's the result of sin or a failure to walk with God. And it's easy to misunderstand such a season, to misdiagnose weariness. It affects, because it affects your attitude and your outlook, and it can appear to accurately reflect a change of heart for you. Weariness can lead you to believe that you actually feel differently about life and that you need some radical change to make life enjoyable again. It can cause you to question the most foundational and important things in your heart. Many are the stories of marital infidelity, family abuse, financial ruin, spiritual reversal that flowed from bad decisions made during times of weariness. Simply put, when you're depleted, life feels overwhelming and everything bothers you. It's during times of depletion that you're the most agitated by your kids, <laughs> the most frustrated with your spouse, and the least patient with circumstances beyond your control. These are also the times when you tend to be the least spiritual in your perspective. This is very true. Sometimes a good night's sleep can help, but that's primarily physical in nature. True weariness usually runs deeper than just physical depletion. It requires a deeper rest, and beyond that, restoration, a reviving of the soul and the spirit. It requires a renewal of strength of heart, a refreshing of courage and confidence. Christian, be warned that weariness can destroy you. No matter how excited you are at this moment about being a Christian and having the Holy Spirit in your life, you will come to a time when it seems that that passion is gone forever. You will come to moments when you've lost any sense of motivation to live for Christ or to rely on a spirit. It is inevitable. It happens to every Christian. And those who survive are those who understand the strengthening ministry of the Holy Spirit. God knew long before you and I did that we would face these trying times. He knew that life would require more strength than we possess, that it would be overwhelming. And while we like to pretend that we have life under control, he understands that life is beyond our control. Are you identifying 
with any of these words? Are you in the middle of a time of discouragement or emptiness? Are you depleted and questioning the things that you valued for so long? If so, take hope. You're not alone. And what you are experiencing is a season that you must travel through with the Holy Spirit's help. There's no need to fall away from faith, to begin making bad choices, or to despair. God promises to renew your strength if you'll wait on him. And then that's, again, kind of our text text verses here again, Isaiah 40, um, 29 to 31. I won't read them again for time's sake here. Um, the word, But the word wait in Isaiah 40, 31 literally means to bind together with patience. Kind of interesting. The picture is that we must bind our lives to God, cast ourselves in complete dependence upon Him, and patiently wait until He renews our strength. It's what He promises to do. The Holy Spirit will meet us at our lowest point. He will lift us up, strengthen us, and set us on solid ground once again. Our weariness is not a surprise to God. He's already there, ready to sustain and lead us through. Let's take a closer, more personal look here at how the Holy Spirit desires to breathe the fresh wind of His strength into our lives. Again, keeping the lesson title in mind, is strengthening ministry here. So point number one, we have the Holy Spirit, something and something. First one starts with an L, second one starts with a G. Leads and guides. As we learned in the last lesson, the Holy Spirit teaches us and brings all things to our remembrance. John 14, 26. That's the first verse in there. You want to go ahead and read that, Pastor? But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And Romans eight fourteen. For as many are... For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now let's consider that phrase, led by the Spirit of God. Why is it important that we recognize and submit to the Holy Spirit's guidance in our lives? Because of subpoint A here, without Him we are easily, starts with a D, deceived, yes. Most people are led and often misled by emotions, feelings, and desires. You know, it's, it is crazy how you know, sometimes you can feel so strongly about something in the moment, and then later it's like, man, that wasn't that big. Or why did I feel like that? You know, but when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, we receive a new internal leader. Emotions and desires often deceive us, but when the Holy Spirit arrives on the scene, emotions are meant to come to order and follow in step with God's leading. On board every airplane are instruments that are critical to flying the aircraft. Those instruments will give a true reading of how the aircraft is flying. On a clear day, a pilot may not need some of these instruments, but there are some situations that render a plane's instruments vital to the pilot's survival. For example, if a, if a pilot finds it necessary to use evasive maneuvers in battle, he becomes so disoriented that he's unable to discern whether he's flying up into the clouds or flying straight down to the ground and certain death. Or if a plane flies into the soup 
as it's called. You know, it's you know, a cloud condition that just obscures everything outside the cockpit. He can become disoriented to the point he can't tell which way is up. In situations like these, many planes have crashed because the pilot decided to trust his own perception instead of trusting his instruments. Proverbs 3, verse 5. In the same way that a pilot can be deceived by what his mind tells him, a Christian who is weary and depleted can be deceived by his own perception of his current situation. Just as a pilot must trust his instruments when his mind has tricked him into thinking he must do the opposite of what his instruments tell him, the weary child of God must allow the Holy Spirit of God to lead and guide during times of weakness. Following his leading provides safety. Well, depending upon our own strength and wisdom will result in disaster. So subpoint B, without with him we are safely starts with an L. Safely led, yes. It's significant that you can depend upon the Holy Spirit to lead you when you can't depend upon your own feelings. It means, as a Christian, you can finally be free from daily aimlessness and emotional instability. Think of the implications this could have on your heart, your relationships, your career, like literally every aspect of your life. When the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding, life becomes much more stable and truth-oriented. While the storms of life rage, your heart can be anchored in the leading and guiding presence of God. No need to worry. Anx anxiety can take a vacation. Stress can dissipate. God is in control, and His Holy Spirit is navigating every moment. On board a ship or aircraft, you will always find a navigator. He's the one person who is aware of the vessel's position at all times. He is responsible for planning the trip, advising of travel conditions, warning of hazards, and keeping accurate communications to and from the captain. The navigator is essential to any safe and prosperous voyage. Before your salvation, you were journeying through this life without a navigator. You were literally flying blind and without hope. But each and every day, the Holy Spirit wants to be your navigator. He intimately understands your journey from start to finish, and he knows exactly where you are each moment and how that position relates to the rest of your journey. He is aware of every hazard, and he has open communication with the captain. Wherever you are right now, Whatever circumstances you face, trust your navigator. Listen to his voice and let him lead and guide you safely home. It brings us to point number two. The Holy Spirit starts with an A. Assures, yes. Every person struggles with a certain amount of insecurity. It's human nature to want acceptance and affirmation. We often go to great lengths to fit in and be socially acceptable. 
Nobody likes to wonder where he stands with others. In fact, it's a very unsettling feeling. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit provides us with assurance and security. So, of what does he assure us? Subpoint A of unconditional, starts with an L, love. It's our heart's deepest longing to be unconditionally loved and fully accepted. We know we don't measure up. We know we fall short. And yet our hearts crave the knowledge that God is truly on our side in spite of sin and failures. Let's face it. It's easy to love someone when he's good. Exceptional behavior is attractive. It's when you are loved in spite of yourself that you know the deepest love possible. And this is the love that God has offered us, unconditional love and eternal security. Romans 5, verse 8. Uh, but God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Then we have subpoint B, it was of unconditional love, and now of complete, starts with an A. Acceptance. One of the great strengthening ministries of the Holy Spirit is to assure us of where we stand with God. He reminds us that God is on our side and working all things for our good. He's present in us to remind us of our complete acceptance by the Heavenly Father. Ephesians 1, 6. To the, <clears throat> to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us acceptable unto the beloved. And Romans 8, 15, 16. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. In Romans 8, the Spirit allows us to cry out to God and call Him Abba. That word is the common Hebrew word for daddy or dada. And it's the first word a little baby in the Middle East learns how to say. Abba, Abba, Abba. The picture in this passage that you are God's precious child. He views you the way a a faithful father would see his infant. Though you are not perfect, though you've done nothing to earn his love, though you will often fail, he fully embraces and accepts you as his own. Now, when a baby's born into a loving home, that baby doesn't have to do anything to earn his keep. Loving parents will tenderly nurture and care for that child. They will feed him, clothe him. They'll love him and do their best to meet his every need simply by virtue of the fact that this baby's been born into their family. In like fashion, our Heavenly Father does not require that we earn his tender care once we're born into his family. Now, it's amazing how many Christians cannot accept the fact that God likes them. Can I just think about that? It's easy for us to know that God loves us But to think that he actually likes us escapes our grasp. But it's true. You're his delight. 
and His Holy Spirit resides in you to provide the steady, calm assurance that you are held in His hand, secure in His love, and safe in His care. The great, a great preacher of the late 19th and early 20th century, G. Campbell Morgan, was reading God's word to a shut-in widow when he came to the verse that states, Lo, I am with you always. And he paused, looked up, and asked, Isn't that a wonderful promise? And the dear lady replied, No, it's a wonderful reality. The Holy Spirit's loving presence truly is a wonderful reality for those who choose not to neglect it. Brings us to point three. The Holy Spirit, starts with the C here, the Holy Spirit comforts. I can't imagine anything more disconcerting than spending three years with Jesus, God in the flesh, only to be told that he needed to leave. Imagine walking the earth with Jesus. You've seen him feed thousands from nearly nothing. You've watched as he chased away threatening storms with mere words. You were present as he healed every kind of disease and physical malady. He's pulled money from the mouth of a fish. He's raised the dead on multiple occasions. Let's face it, that's someone you want to stick with. Who wouldn't want to be on his team? After a few years of this, you'd be feeling pretty confident about life. Yet, after all this takes place, he sits everyone down and says, I need to go away. What a devastating moment that must have been for his disciples. Their minds must have wrestled with confusion, wonder, questions, concern. This was not in their version of the script. <laughs> their script had a kingdom and positions of honor, as well as liberation of the nation. Their script said nothing about a trial, a flogging, or a death sentence, much less an ascension to heaven. And in the middle of this mental and emotional confusion, Jesus assures his disciples that he will not leave them comfortless. John 14, 16-17. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. In John 16, 6-7. <clears throat> but because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. That brings us to sub-point A, released from, starts with an F, fear. Released from fear. Because of the Comforter, we can find refuge from fear and emotional turmoil. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to meet you in the depths of your difficulty and console you with his hope and grace. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. The word comforter means intercessor, consoler, advocate. The Holy Spirit is God in you, on, for you, on your side, breathing hope and comfort in your life. He not only knows the journey, 
but also comforts and consoles you through tough times during your journey. John 14, 27. Let, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. God knew life would be hard. Being a Christian doesn't remove hardness. It only assures that you can survive it with grace, purpose, and even joy. Everybody's life is tough in some way. But how many people do you know who venture through tough stuff with absolute strength, peace, and courage? Not many. Philippians 4, 7. And subpoint B, rescued from, starts with an S, sorrow. Most people in the world do everything possible to avoid tragedy. And when it comes, they fall to pieces. To the unsaved soul, sorrow is an absolutely hopeless and overwhelming experience. But for those who know the Holy Spirit, sorrow is but for a while. And God provides comfort and strength to get through it. Christians sorrow with hope, while unbelievers sorrow with no hope. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Often in life, there's no one who can intimately understand the deepest cares of your heart. Some may sincerely and lovingly try, but for the depths of comfort your soul craves, human efforts just fall short. Perhaps you can identify with Job, who was completely overwhelmed, engulfed in sorrow, and had no man who knew how to properly comfort. And then Job 16, verse 2. I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. The psalmist also experienced this, Psalm 69, 20. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. And I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. People can't fill this void. If they could, the world wouldn't be so consumed with painkillers of the emotional and spiritual kind. What's the point of alcohol, drugs, and illicit sexual relationships? They're painkillers. They take the raw sting off the emptiness of a life without God. Though painkillers don't fix anything, in fact, those make it worse, they do provide temporary comfort and momentary relief from the pains of the heart. And the Holy Spirit of God releases us from this prison. He rescues us from this endless search for temporary comfort. And he provides the true comfort for which our souls are searching. With the presence of the Holy Spirit, no child of God is ever without a resident comforter. In the darkest moment of despair, if we turn to the Holy Spirit rather than painkillers, we will find him eager to heal our hearts and lead us through. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, 
for he careth for you. Then point number four is the Holy Spirit starts with an I intercedes. Have you ever been in the midst of such turmoil that you couldn't even find the presence of mind to pray with clarity? You should ask that as a question to pray with clarity. Some trials of life are so emotionally and mentally overwhelming that they leave us in a dense fog of confusion and concern. There are times when you don't even know what you need, much less how to ask God for it. The circumstances have left you prayerful, but speechless. The Holy Spirit performs a ministry of intercession for us. Romans 8, 26-27 Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit is your intercessor. He intervenes with the Heavenly Father for you. He knows your heart. He knows God's heart, because he is. <laughs> he knows exactly what you need. And he bears you up before the Father with an intensity that the Bible describes as groaning. It's hard to imagine God the Spirit from within your heart crying out with groaning to God the Father for you. What an amazing comforter that he is. He's an everlasting, he's an ever-present helper, assisting, comforting, and interceding on your behalf. So point number five, the Holy Spirit gives, starts with a P and then an H. Holy Spirit gives something and something. Hope is the second one. Power? Purpose. Not purpose. Patience. Patience. There we go. We just had to be patient for that. When life gets hard, our first prayer is usually something like, God, make life easy again. Get me out of this. Anybody ever done that before? That's a normal reaction and understandable, but the Holy Spirit takes us beyond normal. He lifts us beyond our capacity to see life through an entirely different lens. And this is where patience and hope come in. Subpoint A, abounding in, starts with an H, hope. God wants us to abound in hope through the Holy Spirit. Romans fifteen, thirteen. Now the God of hope fill you, fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. There is a process for navigating tribulations by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can give us a supernatural perspective that includes the ability to see, by faith, the good hand of God through our difficulties, which is hope. Romans 5, 2 to 5. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the Not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. 
and patience, experience, experience, hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Subpoint B, enduring with... Patience is the divinely imparted ability to endure the trial. It's a supernatural strength coming from the Holy Spirit in your heart and converging upon your circumstances. It is not something that human nature can conjure up, and it doesn't come from the power of positive thinking. It comes only from the Holy Spirit of God, and it endures every trial with confident serenity and faith-filled Optimi- optimism. Colossians 1 11. Is that me? Yeah, so. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. A quote by the unknown here it says, Faith cannot be developed in comfortable surroundings. God does something special in our lives through difficult times. And apart from God, the difficulties of life could be chalked up to fate, purposeless, pointless, and meaningless. But when we we belong to Him, every dynamic of life has eternal implications. Every trial has a hopeful outcome, and every hardship involves the hand of God working something for our good. Then our last point this evening, point number six, the Holy Spirit renews, starts with an S, strength. Runners have a term, second wind. Every long-distance runner understands the phenomenon. A second wind happens when an athlete who's too weary to continue unexpectedly finds a sudden surge or boost of energy to press on at peak performance. Medical experts believe the second wind is part physiological and part psychological. A second wind allows an athlete to perform beyond his expected capacity. In a similar way, the Holy Spirit enables us to live with a, live with a power beyond our own. When you're weary, you have God's promise that the precious Holy Spirit of God will renew. Ephesians 3.16 that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. In Second Corinthians four sixteen. For which cause we think not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. In the spiritual life, the Holy Spirit is your perpetual second wind. It is He who provides you with the strength to endure and the energy to press on at peak spiritual performance. Even when you believe your strength is all but gone. In the marathon of the Christian life, when you've run long and hard, when your spirit is growing weary and you wonder how you'll go another day, He runs to your side and breathes a second wind into your spiritual lungs. One day at a time, one leg of the journey at a time, you can count on the fact that the Holy Spirit will renew your strength. 
He will provide exactly what you need to take it through today. And he'll be there tomorrow to do the same. So in conclusion, through everything mentioned you know, in the lesson, the Holy Spirit gives strength. He is the secret source of every Christian. He leads and guides your life. He assures you of your standing with God. He comforts and consoles you through life's sorrows. He intercedes for you when you don't even know how to pray. He provides patience and hope, supernatural endurance and perspective. And he renews strength, perpetually providing a second wind to ready-to-drop runners. Are you relying upon him? Are you acknowledging his presence? He's easily ignored. He won't force his strength on you. Why not turn to him right now? Talk with him. Ask him to renew your strength. Walk today in the wonderful presence of his strengthening ministry. May we say with the psalmist, this is a Psalm 73, 26, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And that um, concludes the lesson here. And then there's, there's some questions, but I think we'll, we'll just skip those um, for time's sake at this point. But um, as I was mentioning, definitely an encouraging, strengthening lesson on that. But also, um, at least for me, just also a challenge kind of in the sense of how like, so many times that we don't, I don't, avail and um, of his strengthening ministry and we just do it ourselves or try to do it ourselves and then that's where a lot of the weariness <laughs> comes in in that regard but, but I hope the lesson tonight was again was a challenge to you um, but then also was encouraging in that sense so let's go ahead and pray Lord we do thank you for, for the lesson tonight just thank you for what we're able to, to look at and, and think about of of your Holy Spirit and just his strengthening ministry in our lives. And um, again, just, of course, without rehashing every point, but just how we have a hope and an assurance, you know, in Romans 8, 28, that you are working things for our good, even though sometimes things just feel so overwhelming and just want to quit and angry and <laughs> lots of other emotions, Lord. Um, and I think everybody can resonate with this lesson in some way. But again, that you are the comforter and you give strength and assurance and peace and experience and hope and many other things, Lord. And I pray that we would avail ourselves of that. And often, a lot of time, it's doing something that we don't want to do <laughs> or um, feeling some things we don't want to, Lord. But... I pray that you just help us and help us to grow and help us to avail ourselves of your strength in our lives. And by doing that comes the peace and strength that you can give. I pray that you just give us safety, uh, traveling to our homes, pray for those that are sick and not feeling well, um, and be able to, um, hopefully we can be better by Wednesday. Pray for Patch Club and just uh, everything that goes on there on Wednesday. And 
We're going to give a safety to our homes this evening. In Jesus' name, amen.